for the Watch is a Game of Thrones podcast that contains spoilers and salty language but no nudity. Welcome to For the Watch podcast. I'm Aidy and I'm the editor-in-chief of Rhyme and Reason. With me are... Joshua! And Casey! Woohoo! Thanks for being here, guys! For the Watch! For the Watch! For the Watch! What's the theme song this week? TBD. Okay, we'll come back to you. Uh-huh. This is for episode 4 of season 6 of Game of Thrones. Uh, you can find p- past episodes on ForTheWatchPodcast.com. And this episode is called Book of the Stranger. The Book of the Stranger. Goodness. It's like the Batman. Yes. Um, so we start out at the wall. So at the wall, it starts out with Jon Snow's sword. And he and his friend, uh, Dolores Ed, are talking about their next steps and... And Ed is sort of, you know, upset that he's leaving, and John is, is, you know, saying, "Well, I'm sorry, people just literally killed me, so yeah, I'm gonna leave." And no all one blames him. Um, Sansa and her knights in shining armor come <laughs> through the gate, <laughs> and it was so uncharacteristically sweet. And they, you know, John and Sansa had a had a moment together that they like gave big hugs and they were so excited to see each other. And, um, Sansa, you know, they, they move on to different scenes and stuff. And Sansa starts talking about how she was this horrible little kid and she was such a pain in the butt. And which is true. She was a huge pain in the butt in the first season, if you'll recall. Yeah. And in the books, she was horrible to, to John, like at all times. Um, and then Sansa has, a very strong moment and she's like, well, I'm going to take Winterfell back with or without you. You know, I, I want your help, but I don't need you. Um, then we go outside and check in on Davos and Brienne and um, the red woman. And Davos like asks about Shireen. That was, was so it, odd. Was, wasn't that odd timing? I'm glad that you guys thought that too, that, that seemed like why all of a sudden did he did he ask about the princess? Um, he's had so much time alone with her, and then he's like, "Oh well, Shireen, what's what's going on with her?" Yeah, and I and I get you know recently priorities have been um, bringing Jon Snow back to life, but before that would have been a decent time to ask. Like as soon as Melisandre showed up, or, yeah. I don't know, maybe he was just distracted, but it seemed a little odd that he brought it up then. Um, Although it does, obviously, like, that's just, that's going to come up again, because they can't they, not. They can't just let that drop, you know, like. Yeah. Um, and Brienne calls them out on um, using the the magic to kill Renly, and that they both had a hand in that. Um, well, this, this opening scene was really awkward, uh, as you pointed out, and um, I feel like Sansa's dialogue also wasn't right for her character. Uh, when she was talking to John, but it's also a weird uh, relationship they have, so I can kind of forgive that. This e- this episode, I'll look that over. <laughs> but you're right about Shireen. That doesn't make any sense bringing that up now, uh, and it's definitely just to have like a kind of sitcom reaction, like, oh, uh, you know, where's Shireen? Oh, she's ambiguously not here, so she's probably dead. They don't really uh, say anything solid about that. And uh, Brienne comes up and says... Like, happens to walk up. Yeah, like, overhears everything, walks up, 
knows everything because Stannis apparently told her everything. It's not like she had to go and ask Davos for anything. Yeah. She knows him by sight because she met him once years ago. They talk about the the death baby magic that was performed that killed Renly. And that was like, oh, it's in the past. And uh, then she's like, yeah, well, I killed Stannis and he told me everything. That's in the past now too, bitch. And walks away. So then we go over to the Vale where Littlefinger, the prodigal... Uh, not Sun. Uh, I was so happy. Like, well, obviously, the previously on Game of Thrones spoiled that he was coming back because they wouldn't have reminded you otherwise. But. but they've been doing that for a little while now. Like, like I think the last episode they showed him in the vault or the basement with um, Lyanna. Is, they was you're that? right. You're right. They did. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I guess since I knew what was going to happen in that episode, um, I knew that that was for Lyanna and not for Littlefinger. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, they then, yeah, they focus more on Leanna and that part of it, but... Yeah. Anyways. He, anyway. right, he was there. He comes back, and he's been taking a very long time to get to the Vale. Um, yeah, doing God knows what. Well, he has to explain what he's been doing, which is basically marrying Sansa off um, because they were, uh, at, not attacked, but, like, found out by some Bolton people and were, like, carried over to Winterfell, and so he had to do what he had to do. Um... And Robin Aaron's been practicing really hard with his um, archery. Mm-hmm. He's really improved. He's gotten a lot taller. He's gotten a lot Christ. taller, but he's still goofy as hell. I like how they dressed him to make him still look short. Yeah. Or childish, at least. And with that haircut, too. Yeah. They're trying really hard. But his nose is outgrowing his face real quick. I mean, that's the problem with all <laughs> the the younger male actors on this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he was acting really goofy. Um, but basically what happens is Littlefinger gets insulted by Lord Royce, and it's actually, they're on Lord Royce's, um, land, practicing right now. And so when he's like, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't insult someone on their own homeland, whatever, he's like, well, the Lord of the Vale is like, that's where you live. So you live in the Vale, here's the Lord, we're gonna ask him what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> Robin Aaron just basically was like, well, let's just push him through the moon door. That sounds good, right? If he, if he flies, he's a witch. If he falls, then he's a bad person. Yeah. Uh, so Littlefinger's like, no, we'll give him another shot. And then um, he also brings up how Sansa is in, like, mortal danger, danger, and she's at, she's heading towards the wall after she's escaped from Ramsay Bolton. And Robin Aaron's like, oh, well, she is my cousin, so I guess I should help her. But, like, where have they been this entire time? I, he, he's just been, like, in La La Land working on his archery. Yeah, in the Vale. Because the veil is hard, it's very easy to defend, and they don't really need to take shit from anybody. Uh, but if they start throwing their weight around, um, they're gonna start causing some shit. Yeah, it's crazy. So, anyways, um, they decide they're gonna take their forces to the wall, mm-hmm. and they're gonna go and rescue Sansa, I guess. What about the rest of their cousins? Who cares? I mean, how many more of them are there? Well, now we have everybody close to the wall. We have Rickon. Rickon. Yeah, they're all kind of in the north except Arya, right? Yeah. Well, not everybody knows that um, Bran and Rickon aren't dead. Right. You know, True. That was Theon's little secret. So. Yeah. So let's hope that something actually comes out of all these people hanging out in the same area. And we did not have a flashback from um, Bran this episode. Right. They're doing. They're, they have so many different stories that are alternating episodes, basically. Yeah. Which, I mean, is fine. That's, that's fine. Um, then we head over to Marine. So what happens in Marine? 
Um, so in Marine, uh, the guys from Slaver's Bay come to, uh, talk about slavery, basically. So they come in, they insult Tyrion, they insult, uh, Varys, and calling them, like, you know, a midget and a eunuch, uh, and they say, well, we're not gonna give up slavery, they make us money. And Tyrion's like, you don't need slaves to make money, I'm richer than all y'all bitches, and I'm from, uh, King's Landing, uh, so... You know, quit it with your slavery. Uh, so think that over. Here's some, I guess, more slaves or whores or whatever. Um, I call them sex workers in my notes. Right. <laughs> sex sex workers. Uh, so they gyrate on their laps to help them think it over. Uh, but the main thing here is... It stimulates the blood. Yeah, to their brains. To their heads. <laughs> uh, but the big thing here are the uh, expressions on... Masande's and Grey Worm's faces when he suggests that they can have slavery for seven more years, but after that, no more, and will help, like, pay the costs of uh, the slaves, basically, as it gets phased out. Um, after this, uh, he gets hella feedback uh, and pushback from Grey Worm and Masande about uh, have, like letting slavery continue mm-hmm. under Daenerys' name, basically. And he tells them, like, okay, you know, you guys have tried your way. How about trying it my way? I'm better at talking than you guys. Give it a chance. Give slavery a chance. All we are saying (laughs) is give slavery a chance. Yeah. um, (laughs) So they're not happy. And when they get back into the uh, temple in Marine, there are people from Marine uh, really not happy that they had just met with the slavers. So he says... Uh, well, he, he really uses Masande and Grey Worm. Uh, he uses their reputations to help persuade the people of Marine that it's not a horrible thing. We're working on it. We're He's a politician. Yeah, he's a, he's a great politician, too. So, what else is there? Um, they were outside for once. Yeah, they were outside for a very short time. I was happy to see it not be some sort of, like... Interior. Interior pyramid thing, because that's kind of boring to look at every time. Yeah. Like, my heart just sank every time I went to Marine. Also because it was really boring. Yeah. Most of the time. It was a lot more interesting, and I like that they used Tyrion better in this scene, but uh, he he still is kind of uh, flaunting his experiences, even though he doesn't really have the real experience to back it up. Like, oh, I was a, I was a slave, too. I know how it feels. Masande's like, mm, bitch, what? <laughs> yeah. You were a slave for not long enough. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that they kind of did, they pulled like an Abe Lincoln where he's trying to make both sides happy um, just for in the interim before like shit really hits the fan. Mm-hmm. He's um, trying to broker some peace before they engage in civil war. Yeah, because you know that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're hoping, I'm hoping that they can twist it around somehow so that it ends up helping the bigger fight of um, Daenerys. I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but that's that's what I wanted to happen. Well, we'll talk about that more later. Um, so Speaking then, of Daenerys. Yeah. Yeah, we had to this Dothraki. I'm, I'm not happy that I can't say anything in Dothraki. <laughs> so we are um, checking in on Ser Jorah and Dario. Um they are sort of walking through some hilly places to try to get into Vaestothrak, and 
actually like quite a bit happens in this scene. Um, so, it, you know, they sort of show that Jorah has lost a step. Um, well, literally, because he's so far behind Dario. <laughs> Dario. Dario, Dario. The American guy. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, he's hot, but, like, come on. Put, if you're going to be an actor, like, they already replaced one actor. Like, do we need to replace you two? He's yeah. on the chopping block. You're just interchangeable. So. I actually thought it was uh, a different actor. <laughs> I had to look it up because I was like, this guy looks completely strange. Yeah. And his accent <laughs> is weird. What's going on here? Yeah. I, I said. He's new, right? He doesn't just, like, look different? He looks slightly different. I don't know what they did with his hair, maybe, but he's starting to look a little bit more Shia LaBeouf-y. I wouldn't be surprised if they just replaced him with Shia LaBeouf in the end. <laughs> well, he's not doing anything else, so... Oh, no, he actually is about to do a John McEnroe movie. A, a biopic. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. A crazy... You know how he's so angry as an actor? He's going to be a crazy, angry tennis player. Well, oh, good. well, that works. He's really, he's really reaching. I hope he wears short shorts. He will. <laughs> okay, I'll watch it. That's good. You should always do that. <laughs> so, back to the, right outside of Asothrak. The boys are, are walking around trying to get in. Um, they ha- they were dropping their weapons, and Jero was like, no, you're not allowed to have weapons in there. If we get caught, there's you know thousands of Dothraki in there. We would die. And during that little discussion, Dario sees the grayscale that he's got going on. And Jorah's like, don't worry, I didn't touch you. He's just, like, immediately defensive, and he's just like, ugh. It's like Ebola. You don't want to mess around with that sort of thing. Yeah, no. Like, you need to not touch that. That's how he got it. So they they eventually get, oh, and there's this little knife with, with like, a lady <laughs> on it that Dario's like, I really like this knife. Yeah, it's just butt play. I really, really <laughs> like this knife. God, he's such a bro. He kisses it. It's, like, on the butt. Does he kiss it on the butt, or does he kiss it on the tops? I don't remember. So he's like, okay, fine, I'll leave this here. And they go into Vaisdoth Rack. And he clearly did not leave it there because they get attacked um, after trying to pretend like they were salespeople. And, like, uh, they get attacked. And, oh, my God, Jorah. Jorah was pathetic during that fight scene. Like, they um, like they showed that he was, like, really tired on the hills. But Dario saves him. And um, then, so he saved him with the with the lady knife that he brought in, and um, then he has to smash the guy's head in with a rock because if they saw somebody who had been wounded with a weapon, then the Dothraki would have been like, "We're gonna find who did this," and there's lots of them. Um, so then we sort of switch over to. Uh, Daenerys and her her new girlfriends hanging out in a little circle, just sort of discussing what's going to happen. And so Daenerys is like, all right, I got to get out of here. I need to go pee. And although she says make water, it's probably it would have been if she was speaking in the common tongue, she would have said pee. I bet. <laughs> it just translates to make water because it's, it's you know, Dothraki. So she goes out, and one of the other um, former Khaleesi's comes with her, and they send, I guess, just for funsies, um, and they they end up running into Dario and Jorah, and... Coincidentally, uh, at the right yeah. time. No, that's in the Thrones this season, guys. It's going to be <laughs> a happy accident. Um, so Dario, like, grabs the Khaleesi, 
see and she's like don't hurt her we're gonna we're gonna do this thing and she's like kapow planned let's go yeah she just immediately ran away because the episode's not over yet yeah i think she she definitely planned this okay i i hated this scene I hated the scene. The dialogue between Jorah and Dario didn't make any sense because they could have talked about this at any other time. Getting towards the face Dothrak because that's obviously where she was gone because the fucking Kalisar took her. Took her. Um, the grayscale is his new watch because he keeps fucking checking it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So explain to me how stabbing someone through the chest with a knife and then bashing in their head with a skull removes the the, the stabbing in the chest? That doesn't make any sense. All they have to do is they, like... I thought they actually took the rock and, and like actually hit him on the chest as well. To they, make it bloody? They, they said that his head was smashed in. I don't think they... We did, obviously didn't see, so we can't tell. Yeah. But still, it just pisses me off. I thought they stabbed him in the neck. Was it in the chest? Well, if, even if it was the neck, then like they bashed their head in like... He's got to do a lot of bashing. Didn't make sense to me. Um, (laughs) Also, the whole Dothraki speak is pissing me off because Daenerys' Dothraki is pretty good. Uh, I know this is later on, but they say midget. They have a word in Dothraki for midget, but they don't have a word for P. So what the fuck? I'm just pissed off here. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It looks like... You froze for a second. (laughs) (laughs) So, I hated that scene. Um, Yeah. Uh, So then we go over to King's Landing. Um, Marjorie is hanging out in her cell, and then she's allowed to leave and go talk to the High Sparrow. And he talks and talks and talks about something about shoes. Shoes. Oh my god, shoes. Shiz. I made shoes. These shoes rolled. Dishes suck. <laughs> no one's going to understand that. Uh, we're old. Someone will. We're not old. Anyways. Do you understand he, that you're old? He talks to her and he tries to manipulate her. I'm not really sure what his game plan is because I fell asleep halfway through his monologue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she doesn't want to give in to him. Um, but she, then she's allowed to go so- talk to Loras who is having a f- mental breakdown. And he's like, I just want to give in. She's like, no, don't give in. And he's like, I wanted to give in. Don't give in. Give in. Don't give in. Anyway, that's it was very interesting. Did did you guys get the feeling that the High Sparrow was, like, getting an erection during his monologue because they just kind of panned in on his face? And he just, like, kept staring to the distance talking about the sex and he could smell the sex and all this shit? I was asleep, so I don't know. Well, I'm pretty sure he was, like, popping a boner because he had... He was into it. He was into it. Well, he was, he's been a sinner in the past, so that mm-hmm. makes sense. What do you, what do you You're think, Casey? you to atone for that sin. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, more in King's Landing. Cersei goes to visit Tommen, and Tommen's pretty busy talking to the maester about stuff. Um, there's a very awkward scene because uh, Cersei asks the maester to leave, and he walks so slowly around the other side of the table. Ha, 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 so funny joke, ha, 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 ha. And then she closes the door behind him. Yeah, like, what the fuck, guys? They, they, they're doing this thing now where they hold on to scenes that are supposed to be funny. And they do this, I think, again later. Yes. Um, anyways, so Cersei comes in to talk to Tommen about the High Sparrow. And 
Um, Tommen's, you know, concerned about Marjorie and what she's doing. And then Cersei says, what's happened to her is in the past. So obviously the theme for this episode is things that are in the past you either care about or you don't care about. Well, yeah, it's like things in the past. Uh, Revenge. Sibling reunions are a big thing in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they go over to the small council. In the small council meeting, Jamie uh, and Cersei try to force themselves again on the small council, but this time they have a plan that they want to put into action. They basically want, uh, I guess, the king's hand to like just kind of not do anything. Um, they're planning to uh, kidnap Marjorie at some point, either uh, during or around her trial. Um and I thought she was going to do the walk of shame and then do the trial. Well, around the, that time, yeah. So it's whatever they have planned, whenever they can snatch her, essentially. When they can snatch her, snatch. Um, and they also plan to get Lancel back home. Uh, <laughs> um, and so they just kind of played to the sympathies of the other people on the small council. And for some reason, like, everyone disagrees with this plan even though it's Cersei, and her plans often go awry. And why do they think, like, the, the High Sparrow is not already counter-planning for this? Like, do they really think he's that dumb? Because he's kind of been ahead of them, like, one step every step of the way. Yeah, I'm not really sure what they're... I mean, it's a good plan in that they think that they've worked out a pattern mm-hmm. in what he does so that they can take advantage of this pattern. But ultimately, like... My problem with it is, why have they not talked about this before? It's like, I understand that nobody wants to talk to them because they were Cersei and Jaime, and there was the big, the Franken Mountain, like, looming over them. Yeah. But this benefits both of um, Lancel's father, whose name I've forgotten, and also... Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. And, boring um, name, Kevin. It's so boring, that's why I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> and Lady Elena Tyr- Tyrell's... Um, Marjorie. She wants to get Marjorie back. And she cares about Loras, too. So, right. it's like, they've just been sitting there and talking. But, Doing like, nothing. Literally planning nothing to help anybody. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're gonna go back in history and you're gonna talk about religion versus um, the kings and, like, how the two, like, the Pope and a king would, like, interplay and both would have power but over, like, different parts of the a person's life, this is gonna be very difficult Especially since this is kind of rooted in history. Yeah. But you have to do something. You can't just let this keep happening. And the one cannot have full power over the other. Right. Um. And I was thinking uh, that why why isn't Lady o, uh, Oleana Olena why isn't Lady Olena planning something because she has people in places she has her people there uh, she can always get more people there. Um, and it's her blood that is directly being threatened by this High Sparrow guy. Right. So why is it Jamie and Cersei that come up with this plan and not Lady Olenna? Because she should have one in the first place and be like, bitch, back off. I know what I'm doing. Why am I not writing this season, guys? Because it is ma- it's bogging my mind. I think you should rewrite it, but I think yours would be more efficient. Yes. They've bloated this so much. I mean, like yeah. we spent a whole episode of them just being like, well, let's get Frank and Mountain to come into, come into the small council meeting with us and see what we can do. And then everybody gets up and, mo- and leaves the room. Like, that's a scene. Yeah, just cut to it. Like, they, they, they don't know what they're doing, so they've bloated this season with a lot of, like, long shots that are supposed to be meaningful. Fucking f- Ollie's face, for God's sake. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's all I see when I see a very long scene, just all these face. So then we head over to the Iron Islands. We do. Baby Theon. Yay! He's back home and he's crying. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he always cries. Also, <laughs> so side note, sorry, little digression session. Um, did, did everybody know that he is Lily Allen's brother? Yes. And I prefer, like the one that is just now realizing that? I, I knew it because of interviews they did because apparently they wanted her to be in the show and be his like love interest and she was like, No, that's messed up. Who's Lily Allen? Ew, that's weird. She's a singer. She does that song The Fear. Yeah, she's a British singer. She has a song called Alfie. And now every time I see Theon, that song goes through my head. Wait, wait, and wait. I can't I like I can't handle Theon. It's hard out here to be a bitch. Him anymore to begin with, but Okay. I we'll yeah. listen to it after we're recording. I, um, but anyway, I so... <laughs> Go ahead. Theon. Theon comes back home and finds out that his dad's dead after he gets off the boat, and his sister, Asha, is like, oh, you just conveniently happen to show up as soon as dad died, so what, you're just, you're gonna be here for the King's Moog, and, and uh, you know, the, you're, you're lying, you didn't, you knew about it, and you came back to try to get my job, and... He's, like, so broken and standing there crying. That's not what happened. I just found out Dad died. Thanks for being sensitive about it. Um, <laughs> you should be the king. And queen. I'll help you become, you know, the next leader of Pike. Um, and she's like, oh, okay, bro. Okay, we chill. We chill. Do you remember if he said you should be king or you should be queen? He probably said queen, but it's a king's king's moot. Yeah, because I remember in the book she was like moot, moot. queen's moot. Hashtag queen's moot. Hash brown king. Queen's yeah. Moot. <laughs> yeah, like that's what it actually was. She was like hashtag queen's moot, and she's trying to make that a thing. And everyone's like, <laughs> no. Don't you hate sexist pigs? <laughs> it was really funny though. For for that boring part of the story, that was kind of funny. Yeah, that went on for a lot of pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could have, um, I mean, that was a nice little short scene. I like that one. Yeah, and I, um, I like that <laughs> she just berates him, and she's like, look at me, look at me! <laughs> <laughs> look at me in the eyes when I insult you. <laughs> she's like, I know you're dickless, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wordplay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so... Then we come to Winterfell, right? Mm-hmm. And we have Ramsay Bolton just, like, peeling an apple inside of his room, as you would. That's how you peel skin off people, so very slowly, painfully. I mean, he's good at it. True. <laughs> the worst part is, at the end of the scene, he goes back and starts an, a new apple. I think it's the same. Is it? I thought it was the same apple. Oh. Either way, he just doesn't stop. He's like, oh, I just did something bad. And anyway, he doesn't sterilize that blade. <laughs> Oh, spoilers for this scene that I'm about to tell you about. Uh, so, Osha comes in to talk to him. Osha. Because apparently she has to. Who knows? He probably just sent for her. Um, so, he's, like, talking to her and tries to intimidate her, talking about, you know, random things. Um, they start getting really close, and, you know, she tries to please him. Like, all men like to be pleased, which is very obvious to some people. And um, she's tr- basically trying to distract him so that she can get the knife he used to peel the apple with and stab him. But he basically can read her mind and is telling her, like, 
Hmm, Reek told me exactly who helped everybody get out of this place alive, and um, it's you. And she like her eyes like like open up, and uh, she she gets stabbed in she, the neck. She gets more than her daily recommended dose of iron. <laughs> that was awful. You should edit that out. <laughs> we um, did no. Um, so that was really sad. Yeah, it was weird that she didn't take off her clothes before she mounted him. Cause wh- is this not Game of Thrones? <laughs> uh, maybe they're just not. They don't want nudity. I don't know. No, they're looking for jokes and more cursing. Apparently. Um, but it's I like family it. friendly Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, but I was really sad that she left because, like, she was the guiding force for the little Stark boys, and now she's gone, and we're just their poor Rickon is going to be screwed. Yeah, that throws your uh, prediction in the dust. Yeah, kind of a little <laughs> oh, <well>. bit at least. <laughs> um, it's a good thing we don't revisit past predictions. Nope. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of terrible jokes, uh, they cut to the wall where. Um, everyone's silently eating and everyone's making eyes at each other, but more specifically, Tormund is making eyes at Brienne, um, and people have been, like, shipping these characters together, but it's like, you could do that with anyone in any character situation. Anyone that locks eyes with another character can be shipped. Those are the rules. Yes. So, <laughs> I didn't know there was a whole thing about shipping. Oh, yeah. That had nothing to do with packages. No. Or maybe they do have to do with packages. How ho ho So, I'm glad that the internet is so into this, I guess. But it needs to be kept far away from me, because I don't know if I really accept so much fan fiction stuff happening. It can't like, be stopped. People just look at each other sometimes when they're eating, and she did not look like she was interested in him. No. He looked like he was, like, going to eat her. Yeah. Like that chicken <laughs> wing. Just his face. Um, so they spend a lot of time on this scene, because why not? They don't have actual content for the rest of the episode, so let's just spend time <laughs> with this. They say, oh, the food is not what they're known for. Ha <laughs> ha, another knee slapper. Um, Jon Snow gets a message from Ramsey Bolton saying, step, bastard, step, basically, um, with some, a lot more dirty language in there and rapey sentiments. Um, so that being said, uh, Ramsey has Rickon, uh, he wants Jon to come get him or, and or bring his, uh, bride back to him and... Pretty much everyone's going to get raped. The weird thing was, like, he's like, come and get them, or I'll come and get you. And it's like, why don't you put some, like, time limits on this? Be like, come and get like, him within when, 30 days, yeah, when are they or supposed I'm coming to... for you. <laughs> like, he Not be... like, bam, now you're going to meet in the middle? Yeah, it's like, well, I was just on to, oh, you were coming to, oh, yeah, but I was, okay, oh, I see. Oh, uh, mm, isn't that funny? I didn't put any dates in that letter I sent you. So, that's not going to happen. Um... So Sansa's like, hey, bro, we gotta go save our other bro. And John's like, <sighs> I guess. Okay. I'm gonna clean the He's like a teenager that really doesn't want to go on a road trip. I mean, it's kind of like if, if, if you have a kind of food and you drink a lot and you get sick, you don't want that food again. It's like Jon Snow was fighting a lot. He died. Now he really doesn't want to fight anymore. <laughs> it makes him sick. <laughs> this will make him a good king. Right? Um, so, uh, 
he says, okay, fine, I'll go save Winterfell uh, with the help of the wildlings. Um, but they also don't know that Littlefinger is planning on using uh, Little Lord Aaron's is it Aaron? Robin Aaron. Robin Aaron's um, forces to go help Sansa. Uh, so hopefully that'll help in a timely fashion because I don't know how soon they can mobilize an army and get it to the Wall and not Winterfell or maybe you know flank Winterfell in during this. Who knows? Um, but they're oh yeah, they also don't know that uh, the Karstarks are now against them. But I mean they might think that because the Karstarks have never really been kind to the Starks. They've always been, like, kind of jealous. But they're also very close to the wall, so I think that that is kind of True, so it'll be kind dangerous. of like, like a weird sandwich of armies. If if everything goes according to plan, which in this season, it will. Yeah, everything will happen at exactly the right time. Yes. Speaking of things that happening at the right time... <laughs> yeah, so we can all talk about this one if you like, because okay. um, it's the... They, we go back to the Dothraki people. Vinbe's Dothrak. And another thing of, like... I don't know. I'm not a good explainer of what they're talking about because I like to just watch people talk and not really absorb what they're saying. Okay, well... I know they were insulting her. They were deciding what to do with her, like, oh, I don't like her. We should rape her. Oh, I kind of like her. We should have her around. Mm, or we could just rape her. I mean, and then if there's anything anything left, the horses can rape her. Yeah. Um, and also, this is where they use midget. They call her a midget because that is a specific term in Dothraki, apparently. Also, I don't understand how Dothraki works. It's kind of like watching a subbed uh, Chinese foreign crappy movie where, like, if they say, like, a short sentence that's translated in English, it's a very long sentence in Dothraki. But if they say a very long sentence in Dothraki, or, you know, that's translated, it's very short. Like, it's very consistent with the subtitles. Yeah. Who knows what they're really saying? Um, but she's, like, basically kind of luring, luring them into talking to her, wasting some time, and then she's like, I'm just going to move around here and, and hang out with fire. fire. <laughs> yeah. And then she... Oh, yes? I, I, I totally forgot, but, um, uh, yeah, this is, like, where she uses her, like, pocket fire, where, like, you remember early in the scene where uh, Dora gets attacked and does poorly? He goes, pocket sand! And he oh, misses. Awful. I meant to say something about that. That was part of the reason why he was so laughable when he was getting his ass kicked. Yeah, like... Like, he threw the sand, and the guy that was kicking his ass was just like... So what? what? Yeah. Like, did you really just do that? Like, <laughs> I'm gonna kill you faster did, did you, now. Like, did you just throw sand at my face? That was a joke. Did, are you serious? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, she sets the whole place ablaze. She knocks over those braziers. Ah, you said the secret <laughs> word! Braziers, the term for this uh, this episode. Look forward to it in the next episode. I'll try to use it in every episode now. Uh, but yeah, she does that, and she like basically makes the whole place go on fire. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily, she had Jorah and Dario lock the front door mm-hmm. so that those and nobody could escape. Which kind of seemed... So, like, I watched this How movie... How did they do that? <laughs> I kind of watched this movie called um, Son of Saul about Auschwitz. Oh, I, I thought that was going to be about um, Saul Goodman. No. Before not call, Not, Bad. like, better call Son of Saul. Not uh, the same thing. Um, uh, but anyways, Auschwitz, 
this is very similar to what happened in that because everyone gets gassed in that and everyone's like screaming for the door and the door's locked. So she's Hitler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Go Hitler. Those are the parallels that I'm making. <laughs> Uh, and then, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's really bloodthirsty. I mean, they and they were t- talking about raping her, so who knows? But anyways, the doors come down. I guess she somehow is able to t- walk through they, unscathed. They burn, I guess. They happen to burn really fast, so that you can walk through. Yeah. Also, do you guys uh, think that this was planned beforehand? Like they oiled up everything. I think there was, like, gunpowder. Well, they don't have gunpowder, do they? Yeah, they like they would have oiled or thrown liquor or something to help the flame spread, I think. Do you think that's what they did? Yeah, I don't... The way it looked um, when the, the fire fell over, um, <laughs> it sort of looked like it was, like, climbing up the steps really quickly. So I didn't know if that was something that they had added to the coals or something. Um, but I don't know. It seemed, it seemed like there was definitely some kind of added, you know... Maybe when she was walking around, she was, like, dripping something underneath her dress, and that's why she was like, I'm going to walk around the whole place. But she didn't walk around the whole place. I know. Maybe we didn't see all that. She was wearing a ring. It could have been, you know, those poison rings? Could have been a really big one of those. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great theory, Casey. (laughs) That's my prediction for next week. A ring full of water. (laughs) You're welcome. It may as well have been. (laughs) <laughs> um, so once the doors fall down or are opened, I'm not sure which, uh, out steps Daenerys, naked as the day she was born, but with a full haired, a full head of hair. And so you, you see all them titties, you just see titties and then wait, wait for it. More titties cut back. Oh, wait, more titties. Oh, but everyone's end kneeling of, end down. Of Kneeling down, there's fire happening. Um, Jorah and Dario are like, oh my god, I'm going to walk up there and she's going to recognize us and be happy and shit. No, we're going to kneel too. And then they like they bow down and they look up and they bow down and they look up. Yeah, Jorah, cool. Jorah takes it in. Yeah, because he can never touch that. He can never touch her again. <laughs> Without killing her, essentially. Although, do you think that she actually is uh, immune to that? I... Don't they mention that uh, the uh, Targaryens are, like, immune to disease? Like, they don't get sick? I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Like, they're immune to fire and they don't really get sick. So, if that's the case, I don't think she would get grayscale. So, maybe they're the perfect match, then. Yeah, Maybe. I don't know. I did see a a guy's... thrower and she's super hot, so... (laughs) I'm not going to ship them. I won't do it. Don't ship it. Do, Would we ship guys, it? Guys, do we ship it? No. no. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Again, this is one of those very long, annoying scenes. And they keep cutting to the crowd and cutting back to her. And it's always from tits up. So it's like she's doing all of her acting in her face. But you can't see it because of these other eyes that are down here. Joshua. That you can't see past, apparently. <laughs> And also the lighting's really bad because she's really backlit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thus ends the episode four of season six of Game of Thrones. Um, on, a, on a scale of... Uh, uh, on a grayscale of what? On a grayscale of um, uh, one to five dragons, what would you give it? I would give it four. And actually, a lot of things happened. Mm-hmm. 
How about you, Casey? Yeah, no, especially compared to the last week, it's definitely definitely a four or four and a half dragons. Can we have half dragons? Is that yes, that's that a thing. Maybe you can have half dragon, dragons. Four and a baby dragon? Yes. I give it two dragons because of the really long scenes and not-so-great dialogue. Because you don't like this show. <laughs> I used to love this show. <laughs> and then they wrecked it. I just... If they're going to keep talking about the past, then... I just wish they wouldn't, like, keep using the same phrases. Like, the, the, <laughs> they don't know what else to say. In the episode about home, like, three people talked about home. Sansa said ass in this episode. True. That She's, never happened. She called happened. herself an ass. I don't think she would ever say that. She would have said arse. Or, you know, like, just say that she was really terrible to him as a child, which she then said the very next things that came out of her mouth. So it's like, why even include that? True. So they're yeah. just getting all the characters wrong. Okay, so now to questions that I have. Okay. Two questions. Well, okay, never mind. They keep bringing up the past because what else do they have to talk about? Mm-hmm. Um, but the first question is, would they actually have let Missende... Missende? Missende? Talk at the meeting with the good masters of Astapor, or the people from Slaver's Bay? She is a woman, and she is a former slave... Like, I don't think that they would have let even let her speak. Not Like, that, that they even listened to her and responded to her was, like, way out of character. Yeah, I for mean... For slavers. Yeah. Like, sure, they may be, like, in Daenerys' cabinet, but if Tyrion was actually trying to just talk to them, uh, I mean, it could be a show of, like, how they think they're equal because, you know, they were slaves, but you're talking to people that don't think they're humans, basically. I think on top of that, if you're gonna if you're gonna go and talk to some people and try to uh, make a negotiation, why would you bring people that are you know have experienced the slavery? They're going to speak out about it. Mm-hmm. Firstly, you should tell them what you're gonna say. Secondly, you shouldn't bring them because they're just gonna argue with you and make you look weak. Well, he used them later, though. Well, only ha- that was happenstance. Yeah. He didn't know they were going to be inside of that um, that hall, whatever it is. That's true. It's very coincidental. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, I didn't believe that. And then also to have Grey Worm then, like, he's, he's a soldier. He's not going to talk about things that actually matter in terms of politics. Yeah. And he I, follows orders. And I, I'm not... I'm not one to say uh, how the women of uh, Game of Thrones should dress in any given situation, but if you uh, were previously a sex slave talking to the masters of whatever, uh, all the slavers from Slaver's Bay, why are you wearing basically a combat bra? (laughs) She can wear whatever she wants. But I'm saying it it may not have been appropriate for the situation. Yes, for this professionalism. Very, this very important yeah. meeting of people. Yeah. Although I will say, seeing her two days in a row in that outfit the same was outfit. the reason I went to the gym today. Like I was just looking at her and I was just like, "Yep, I need to, I need to get some work done before summertime." <laughs> <laughs> She's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna print out a big picture of her and like stick it on my fridge. <laughs> Back off, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks, thanks, Missandei. Yeah. Thanks, girl. Um, do we have any predictions? Um, I do, I do. Go ahead. It's slightly less grand than last week, since I think I was a little overreaching. But 
I think, and I don't know if this is going to happen in the immediate episode following this one because it's very slow moving so far this season. Um, but I think that when the Tyrells are invited into King's Landing, they're not going to leave. I think they're going to try to overflow the, overthrow the Lannisters because the Lannisters are, weak. are idiots and are inviting them in when they have no power. So that is my prediction. I think that's going to happen. That's a good one. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, somehow Littlefinger's army will miraculously get to where they need to be at the same time that Jon Snow somehow amasses his army and starts to march. I think that's an obvious conclusion. Yeah, but, like, the two are not coordinating whatsoever, so this is a outlandish prediction. True. It should be. It should be. <laughs> My prediction is... I'll be mad if it's not. Your predictions, plus the dragon coming to, like I said last time, <laughs> catch Jon Snow, and then kill all the White Walkers, and then kill Ramsay. That's my new prediction. I like how he kills the White Walkers before he kills Ramsay. Well, the White Walkers are coming. (laughs) They're always coming. But Ramsay's right there. But anyway, (laughs) um, there was a uh, a Vice article uh, about how the dragons in Game of Thrones have sex, and they talked to a, like, lizard specialist on how those things work. It was very funny and very, very intriguing. I want to, I want, you should share that link with me so I can share it with our listeners. Okay. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you've already seen it because I'm on Twitter at jprices.right. Nice one. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Got that seamless transition. <laughs> How about you, Casey? I'm on Instagram at kice24. Great. And I'm on Instagram as adprice, A-D-I-P-R-I-C-E, and on Twitter at yoprice. And you can find more, again, on ForTheWatchPodcast.com. Thank you so much for being on the podcast tonight. And um, please subscribe in Google Play, iTunes. You can listen to us on your computer. Follow us on Facebook. Let us know what your theories are. Things like that. Yeah. For the watch. For the watch. For the watch.